0: You are now tuned into to The Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and this is episode 16 of The Lunch Break podcast. The Lunch Break podcast is a place where true sales pros go to tell their stories. And I am on fire excited about my guest today, Daniel Yu. He is an SDR at CircleCI right now, but Daniel has a very interesting story and I'm super excited about having him on the show. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, James. Happy to be here. Awesome. So let's jump right into it, Daniel. Tell us how you got started in sales.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as a quick background, I just graduated from Cal State Fullerton here in Southern California. Um, I've been there all my life. Throughout college, um, I was working towards my marketing degree, my bachelor's in marketing. And, you know, throughout college, I decided to start my own business. What I ended up doing was I opened an iPhone repair store where, where I would go fix people's iPhones. In the beginning, I'd be driving to them and kind of fixing their phones on the spot. I kind of leveraged my network, had my friends help me create my website and kind of hit the ground running in terms of getting the business going. And I found it really fun. It was really cool being able to kind of have control of your own destiny of your own income and kind of be a self starter like that. So when I did graduate, I did make the decision. I didn't want to fix iPhones forever, right? So what I wanted to do was kind of use my degree or kind of utilize that to get into a more professional role in a sense. And that's when I started looking towards sales. Um, I did some research online. I consider myself resourceful. So I'm always going on part of forums, being a part of communities, like understanding what the role is like beforehand. And within no time, I kind of had my sights set on sales um, where you can kind of have control of your own destiny. I always enjoy talking to people. Um, It was really personal. When I was fixing phones, I'd go to people's houses, learn about their business. It was really fun being able to have these kind of conversations with people. And I thought kind of all the unique skills and kind of the self-starter mentality could be, I guess, transferable in the sense to a sales role and kind of compliment me there. So that's kind of how I got into sales.
0: I love it. I love it, Daniel. And, and yeah, so, you know, you are, are in college and you start this business and, and this is actually what I hear from a lot of folks is maybe they didn't think that sales was something that they wanted to do because I, Really have yet to meet somebody who grew up wanting to you know be a salesperson, and I think that's maybe a larger issue that that needs to change you know as as the industry continues mm-hmm. to evolve. Hopefully that does change, but for you, you kind of realize like, hey, these things that I like about running my own business are very transferable over to a sales role, and uh, you know talk talk to us about. You, you you said one thing that's very interesting, and it's actually something that I didn't do enough of early in my own career, which is like researching the industry and researching the role. I mean, I, Daniel, I'm not kidding. I spent the first like four or five years of my sales career not even really understanding what B2B sales was. Mm-hmm. I worked in retail sales. I sold cell phones, and I just had done no research, and so I was missing out on a lot and then was lucky enough to find somebody who taught me. But yeah. what, what advantage do you think that type of approach has? Because I feel like a lot of folks fall into sales or take a sales job without really knowing what it's all about. And so how has that approach helped you where you're doing the research and kind of walking into a scenario knowing, knowing what you're getting yourself into, at least a little bit?
1: Yeah, this is a great topic that you brought up, um, and it's something I encourage everybody to do. I think it's helped me out tremendously, and it could help everyone else out as well um, in the sense of having the correct expectations of understanding what the role is going to be like and trying to get all the best advice and resources. So um, what I kind of did to kind of research the role was I would just did a quick Google search, right? sales development representative, what that's like. I started becoming uh, a part of more communities. Like I started looking to more podcasts, John Barrows. And he talks about, you know, the day-to-day, gives tips, and it sounds really exciting. Now, um, the kind of disadvantage of going into a sales role without knowing what to expect, um, I believe, I mean, there's a lot of disadvantages around that because it's really, uh, it's a difficult job, it's emotional, and there's a lot of ups and downs, and it's a really high turn rate. But if you have that correct expectation going in, um, it's going to kind of put you above that because you're like, oh, I saw this coming, right? And you're going to be able to kind of prepare for that in this sense. So it's something I recommend everyone does. Um, Being able to go online and just doing a simple Google search. And especially if it's going to be for a career, um, it's much better than kind of just falling into the role, uh, going in blindsided and seeing what comes to you. It's much better to kind of expect to see things coming and kind of going into it like that
0: yeah i I think you you're spot on and and that approach of making sure that you're aware of what you're getting yourself into it seems like such obvious advice, like obviously, before I take a job, I should know about the industry or know, but I myself have taken jobs that I didn't know enough about i know plenty of especially salespeople that 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 end up in these scenarios, and you know there's an advantage to that, right? because sometimes yeah. you learn something or you 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 take on a role, you maybe didn't know what it was about and end up liking it. That's a good scenario, and you got lucky um and and i think so for you being essentially at the beginning of your sales career, right yeah um as an s d r what do you what do you envision for the future for yourself so you've taken this approach of researching and, and before you mm-hmm. got into it and made this kind of conscious decision which i applaud you for because most people don't do that yeah um, now that you're in the role what what do you see as what you want to do next because i think one of the larger topics that always comes up when i talk about sdrs is Their career path. They want to move Mm -hmm. on. They want to get to that next level. So, so just shed some light on your point of view, right? There's not a wrong or right answer, Daniel. It's just, but I think it's going to be valuable for folks out there that, that have people like you on their team, you know?
1: Yeah. And everyone's going to have kind of a different answer in terms of having a career path in that sense. Um, personally, my career path is I want to do well in my role right here, focus on, um, kind of building my prospecting skills and it's going to kind of set me up uh, to become a good account executive, right? And a lot of account executives sometimes are relying on inbound leads and other people to kind of be successful in that sense. But the main purpose of my me being an SCR is to kind of—it's not only about you know the entry-level role. It's about to. It's about kind of like building the skills that's going to help me be successful further down the line. And in terms of career path here, James, um, there's so many ways this can go. Um, You know, you can go into a management role as CR manager. You can go into AE, enterprise AE. You can be the on-site person, inside sales. Yeah. Um, there's many ways it can go, but personally, I'm I'm just seeing how it goes. I think right now, um, I'm looking into just the classic traditional path. It's going to be SDR to AE, maybe AE to Enterprise AE, and then from there, maybe I can look into some management roles, but um, that's way further down the line. I'm just going to see how it goes. And, you know, I'm talking with a lot of my friends who are also starting as an SDR. Some people want to go to CSM. Some people want to go to marketing. They're like, maybe this is not the right fit for me. But that's the beauty of this role is it's so flexible. There's a lot of career uh, kind of options you have after an SDR. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I think you bring up a great point because I think a lot of times an SDR role being viewed as entry level or, kind of somebody's first taste in sales is a lot of times viewed as a negative thing for the role, right? Like it's the stigma, it's only entry level, but there are positives to that because it does give somebody an opportunity to come into an organization and essentially learn the most important skill that you can have in a business is how to generate interest in your business. And then you can take that skill and apply it to, like you said, customer success, yeah, uh, management, you know, whatever that is. And so I, I think that's great that you're looking at it like just an opportunity to skill up, an opportunity to to kind of hone and refine your skills. And, and I'll tell you what, I have been in sales for over 10 years, five of them in on the B2B inside sales side of things. And one of the things that I love the most about it is just the fact that I'm never going to feel like I'm 100% the best salesperson that I can be. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as I have a win or reach a milestone, it's like, okay, well, now I can take the skills that I've gained now to go do more, right? And that's the beautiful part about sales is that it it allows you to to really kind of chase what you want to chase and and uh, control your own destiny, right? And uh, yeah, I, I think for a lot of the listeners that are in your position, right? So you chose this SDR role um, as 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 essentially an educated guess or decision that you're this is a good way to enter into the business world and learn.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you're coming in as an SCR, you're on the front lines. You know, There's there's no better way to understand the business than being on the front lines, the first point of contact uh, to your customers. And you're going to be able to, as an SCR, you're kind of forced to collaborate with many other departments. Personally, I'm working in a more, uh, I'm selling a more technical product. So I'm getting hands-on, I'm getting golden experience with everyone on my team, finance, procurement, uh, engineering, marketing, product. Um, and it 's kind of a really malleable role in that sense, so if especially for any kind of newcomer who doesn 't really know what to do, I think an s d r position would be the absolutely the best kind of choice to get started, even though it might not be the easiest role um, yeah. it 's the best way to kind of set yourself up for more opportunities
0: so you 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 said you acknowledged the fact that being an s d r is not the easiest role yeah and and you also mentioned the truth and and the reality that sales is a very roller coaster type gig. Mm-hmm. How are you managing all of so coming into an s d r role, selling a technical product, how are you managing those the education part of it, right, mm-hmm. which I think is is incredibly important, right? learning about the product learning about the industry like you did before you even got the job, right? You know, yeah. doing that research. And so how do you balance the education part of it with the execution part of it? Yeah. You know, I mean, because I think that is, that is <clears throat> one of the toughest things about being an SDR is you've got all these new skills to learn, mm-hmm. plus an industry to learn, plus a product to learn, and you still got to get out there and set some meetings. So how are you dealing with this right now?
1: Yeah, it's a common problem. And it's currently my biggest problem. It's a work in progress, right? I'm doing well on my end here, um, but I'm still trying to kind of balance out doing my day to day, as well as kind of learning how to be a better SCR or learning these new skills and techniques or industry best practices and such. And um, quite frankly, the only advice, like, I mean, the way I do things here and, to get myself ramped up quicker is to be spending time after hours, right? So from nine to five, you're going to be able to take, um, you're going to be able to use the resources that your company gives you, your company training um, around the product, and you're going to be able to do your day-to-day, set the meetings. But it's after that time, you know, once you get off work, what I like to do is go home and reflect. And this has kind of put, I think it's given me an edge in a sense where when you sit alone at home or everyone's different when they're kind of self-reflecting, but when I'm sitting at home alone, I'm thinking about the conversations that I've had throughout the day. What could I have done better? What can I choose and kind of improve myself in a sense? Um, And when you kind of have that time to self-reflect and think about it where there's no noise, it's just you concentrating about what happened that day and how do I get better, that's how it's going to stick because it's kind of hard to juggle all those things during your nine to five. So I really do recommend... Um, you're taking some time after work hours, right? When your mind is a little clear, you're you have the chaos is over, that's the time where you can look back.
0: I think that's such dynamite advice, Daniel, and and something that most of us probably aren't doing because you get into the mode, you get into the grind of of, of putting in the work and, and then you get off and have other things to take care of outside of just your work responsibilities. But that, that time that you're taking, however long it is, hour, 30 minutes, whatever, that is such a great habit to get in because, and I'm sure it is providing an advantage for you because I mean, if I'm honest with myself, Daniel, it's probably been weeks since I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so it, it, because you know, as an SDR, front, front line salesperson, you're, you're, you can so easily get carried away with just executing. Yeah. And then the learning falls off and then the, the reflection falls off and the time to kind of think about what you could be doing better falls off. And, and so I think for, for a lot of people, they're probably not doing that. A, and then how you know is—is is this something that you
1: just kind of naturally did or decided to do? Yeah, here's the thing. I, I mean, I, I consider myself really self-motivated, right? And I have one goal. I lived in Southern California all my life. 20 I'm 23 years old right now. Um, I've been in Southern California 22 years, and I've stayed in one place. I moved out here to San Francisco to be successful in my career. And, and it's kind of my only goal. And if anybody else is... At that level of motivation where they just want to be the best or they just want to do really good at their job and start climbing the ladder in a sense um, you're going to do anything you can to give yourself that advantage and for me i find that it's working out of hours or outside of normal work hours and nine to five that's giving me that advantage and you know it's not only just the extra time you're putting in it's kind of the environment you're in as mentioned earlier you're kind of alone in your room and you have time to self-reflect and really really kind of concentrate onto that one topic how do I get better, right? Mm,
0: mm, I love it. Well, and and I think the motivation that you have to with with this, you know, very singular goal. I think about when I was twenty three, which was about ten years ago. <laughs> I I was in sales, so I was selling cell phones, right? Uh, but I definitely at that point was maybe starting to feel like this could be a career for me. Uh, up until that point, it was kind of a means to an end. Um, and so I'm sure that for every one of a Daniel you who is incredibly motivated and goal oriented and willing to put in the extra time and, and move and put yourself out of your comfort zone. There's also, you know, the James Bodden that, that hasn't even started thinking about it at 23. (laughs) So if somebody is, is around the same time in their career that maybe has a sales job that they're just kind of, just kind of doing, you know, their uncle got it for them and they just Mm kind of making sure they do enough to stay under the radar, you know, was, was your decision to be a sales professional Hmm. As opposed to just a sales rep, was that something that you, is just kind of inherently part of who you are as a person? It sounds like it, if I had to guess. That's you know yeah. what I would say.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right on that end, James. Um, I kind of have my I can't really see myself doing anything else at this point. Um, it's, this is one of the only jobs in the world where you're going to have control of your kind of own destiny in a sense, right? If you decide to put in more work after hours, you can make more money in that sense, right? So it gives me so much kind of independence and self-control. It's kind of like I'm operating my own business again, except I'm getting to learn about so many different companies and just a lot of different functions in the org. Um, I think it's an excellent role. And if you're going to go in sales, um, and you're not really, I don't recommend anybody going into an SDR role. Uh, just, to, like, just because they don't know what they're doing. Um, I really, Especially in this same age where you have the internet, um, I really do encourage people to do a lot of research about the SDR role. There's a lot of stories out there, a lot of good books and podcasts. Um, you're only kind of doing yourself a disservice if you're not fully understanding what that role is going to be like. It's not even for SDR. It's for anything. Right? Yeah. Marketing at any company, engineering at any company. Um, You can read the class Glassdoor reviews. There's so many resources out there. You gotta be more resourceful these days. Everyone's always willing to talk and share their story. Um, You just gotta be proactive and kind of put yourself out there to find those opportunities, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna come to you. You're gonna figure it out eventually.
0: So for somebody who who maybe knows that this is something they they need to do, put themselves out there a little bit more, How have you done it? You know, I mean, or or is that something that you've just kind of made it a point to make sure like, okay, your decision to come on this podcast,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, How have I done it? I mean, this can... What I realize it's, it's through personal experience. When you see someone kind of struggle through the same hardships that you went through and you figured it out, it's kind of like, for me, it's like a natural inclination, like a willing. Like I want to help that person because I know exactly how he's feeling. I know what he's going through, and I can really help, help him out by even just by a 10-minute call, 15-minute yeah. call. Yeah. And in college, I started my own little successful business. I had a Yelp page. I had a store. I had employees. And people were like, how'd you do it, Daniel? And honestly, it, w- it wasn't that difficult. It's And, and when, when other people are trying to start up, I help them. I'm Like, guys, you got to be resourceful. You got to mm-hmm. first find a website, someone who can make a website. There's many websites out there or many resources out there like where you can hire somebody to make your website really quick. And you know, that's just an example of that. And it's just kind of putting yourself out there and making the effort. It's more... Stop thinking about it and just do it Mm. just go ask and i feel like if you keep asking people to help you're just giving yourself more chances for people to respond it could also be a numbers game right yeah and um people out there are willing to help you just got to find them and get to make yourself find that person who's willing to help you you just got to keep asking um and be really be really frank when you're asking them that's one piece of advice um you don't have to hide it or kind of make anything seem tricky in a sense just be really frank say hey I'm struggling with this. Could you help me? Could Mm -hmm. we get some coffee sometime? Maybe lunch. And uh, yeah, you'll be surprised people help.
0: Yeah. I think that you make a really good point of being direct because there are, it's weird because when I've got gotten messages that are essentially asking for some of my time to help with something from somebody that I don't know, um, the ones that are like, thinly veiled with like hey i'd love to connect and add value to you or you know however they're trying to say it but really they're just trying to ask for 10 minutes of my time i don't respond mm-hmm. to those and the people that will reach out and say hey i thought to ask you about xyz because of what i've seen you do in abc and it makes immediate sense to me like you and like ninety nine percent of the rest of the population, if I can help somebody, I want to help somebody. There's no better feeling in the world than than giving, mm-hmm. and, and 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 helping. And so, yeah, I think you you bring up a really good point. Don't beat around the bush. Be direct, and I think that will that cuts through a lot of the extra noise, especially when you're you know maybe trying to get in touch with somebody who's super busy or got a lot of things going on. Yeah, you need to be able to cut through that noise. So I think that's, yeah. that's really great advice. Um,
1: James, yeah. while we're on this topic, I kind of wanted to add, um, you know, asking for help, this can also kind of help you get a job, especially out of college. Um, being direct and asking for help like this, um, you can kind of take what we said, uh, what we learned just right now, and then kind of apply it to job hunting. It doesn't matter if you're out of college or if you're 28 or 33. Um, I just wanted to kind of give this piece of advice, Um, When I was when I just graduated um, I understood that I wanted to get a job in sales and how I started was I, I put in 40 applications I just filled out online applications I paid someone to do my resume and make it good my cover letter was good as well I had a pretty decent resume um, I had the business going, uh, I had professionals write it, but I was getting no responses. Um, something that I wanted to recommend, kind of like a random tip, since we're on the topic of helping kind of newer, newer reps or maybe finding helping people get jobs is um, consider it like a sales position. So when you're reaching out to a company, and let's say Square, for example, I use Square for my business a lot. Um, it's uh, online, it's a little card chip reader app, and they do a lot of finance and credit card processing. And I wanted to work at Square. Right. So what I did was I made a LinkedIn email and directly kind of reached out to the director of sales at Square, and I was kind of being really frank with him. Hey, I understand your product, and I want a job here. Obviously, it wasn't like that specifically, but um, it's something that I recommend. Treat it like a sales job, reach out to the higher levels, and they're going to appreciate that you're hustling and you're, you're proactively trying to find the job. It's funny because I applied to Square with an online application, and they didn't respond to me. But the VP, the, sorry, the director of sales responded to my LinkedIn email, and he got me an interview at Square, uh, kind of bypassing that that stage of app, online applications. So for nice. any kind of job, for anybody seeking a job, it's something I highly recommend.
0: Yeah, that's dynamite advice, Daniel, because the... Yeah, I think it can just apply, you know, if we kind of narrow it down to the folks who are probably listening to this in the sales world, you often, even past your first couple of roles, you often find yourself in the middle of your career, not really knowing what to do next. And maybe you want to do something different. And because you've only sold xyz type of product filling out online applications just isn't going to really get you very far because you've you know on paper you've only ever done something that's completely unrelated right and so i think that's such great advice uh, because being able to circumvent again being resourceful using things like the internet and Mm -hmm. using what's there at your fingertips to to circumvent the normal way of doing things there is I am a firm believer that especially for a salesperson, I mean, that makes you look good on several levels, right? You're already yeah. prospecting into the company that you want to work for <laughs> so that you can prospect for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, it works on many levels. And and I think that is a piece of advice that anybody can benefit from and, and greatly appreciate you sharing that. Cause I, I think it's important. I want to talk about, cause we, we kind of mainly talked about your SDR role, but how, how was, you know, running your own business mm-hmm. and, and having that kind of grow to the point where you're, you have, you know, you're making road trips to go fix phones. And then now you've got your store and you've got some employees, you know, how mm-hmm. has that
1: helped you in your, in your sales role? I think the biggest, I mean, there's a lot of kind of variables where uh, the skills I've learned from my own business, uh, managing my own business, kind of transfers into sales. Yeah. But I think the number one most important skill is the mindset, right? Um, and that's the number one reason why, like, not everybody's hitting their quota. If you have the right mindset, uh, the really like killer mindset, where you're a self-starter, you want to be the best, and you're consistent about that mindset. Um, I think any, everyone can benefit from that. And that's the number one skill that came out of me operating my own business. I was passionate about my own business. Um, I was really proud of it and I tried really hard and it didn't even seem like work to me. And kind of going, I was kind of writing that mindset in because I treat it as my own business. It's my own number I have every month. And it's that's the number one most transferable skill is having the right mindset and wanting to be successful. It sounds as simple, easy, but it really all comes down to that. If you're open to learning more every day and you're open to trying your hardest, um, you're going to be doing well. And the people that aren't hitting their quotas or are kind of underperformers, you'll see a consistent kind of mindset. They don't really care about the job. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really put in their 100% all the time. They're not open to learning. They're always complaining. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best kind of thing that I got out of learning um, from my other business back I in love college.
0: It. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, so that's actually, that's not the answer that I thought, right? Because uh, I think a lot of people may assume, like, okay, you ran your own business, you or you have all these tactical skills that help, right? But truthfully, I think um, you know that mindset really is the most important thing. Right. I mean, because it carries you no matter what you do, whether you're an SDR, AE, VP of sales, sales enablement, sales ops, whatever, if you have that mindset of doing your best and going the extra mile, I mean, you can't lose. And one of the things that I've always loved is when I go to, I don't know, like the grocery store and the person bagging the groceries is just like the most enthusiastic person about their job and is doing the best damn grocery bagging that they could do, right? Because I love to see people like that because it doesn't matter what your role is. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people justify not trying by writing off like where they're at in their own career. Like, oh, well, I'm just an SDR, so if I don't really try all that hard, it's not a big deal. It's just an entry-level role or... You know, I'm just uh, a customer service person. I don't really need to try very hard. You know, whatever it is, I think that's
1: all a cop out. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cop out. And, yeah. and so, and- yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, and I think that really reflects, like, even uh, people that aren't really trying, uh, people will catch on, right? Um, they think that people don't notice that they're not trying, but people will know if you're trying hard or if you're not trying hard. It's because those leaders have been in those roles before. They know exactly what it's like. They know how you're feeling, and they know what it looks like. Yeah. So if you think you can get away with not trying hard. Um, it's, I mean, you're not going to get away with it, right? People yeah. are going to catch on and that's your reputation. They're going to see, see you as the person that doesn't try hard mm-hmm. and there's not really going to be much room for growth. So you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice. If you're at work, you might as well be, giving your hundred percent because you're mm-hmm. there anyways. Uh, what's the point of going to work? If you're going to give it your 50%, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Um, that's I kind of like that. the mentality that I kind of write off of.
0: Uh, and, and, and it can, it shines through. Because 100%. Yeah. And, and you know, it the be, the beautiful part about sales is that there's always a true up. There's always a moment where the truth shines through, right? So if you have been slacking off for the last 90 days, it's, it's going to be found out, right? Even if you're and so you bring up an interesting point that I've been thinking about a lot lately, with the with the uh increase of people working remote, and increased autonomy for salespeople, whether you're remote or in the office. I feel like one of the good things about the transforming of this sales profession as a whole in the world that we live in now is that there isn't as much micromanaging, and there isn't a a sales manager over your shoulder listening to every phone call you make, which I think is great, but that autonomy sometimes can lend itself to okay well i don't really have to try all that hard right now because i don't have somebody you know over my shoulder and that kind of thinking even if you're somebody who was a top performer as soon as you make that switch to thinking that i don't need to try xyz or i don't need to try as hard you're gonna fall to the bottom so i think that's so great that you have figured that out so early daniel and and um you know one interesting thing about you and your kind of drive in your career is I am sure when you hear that millennials are lazy, it pisses you off.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, I understand. Right. Um, these days, we're in a day and age where it's so easy to get distracted. There's technology everywhere, um, even getting on your phone. And I'll admit it, like I have the screen time app on my phone and it shows me I spend four hours on Instagram, like on average a day, even even here at work. I'm doing good at work, but it's insane. Um, so, yeah, I understand it. I, you know, I understand why we get that kind of bad rap in a sense. Um, where we're a little lazy, but it's it's up to you as a millennial, especially, to kind of understand that it's easy to get distracted. and if you kind of know that, you're going to physically make efforts to kind of not get distracted in a sense.
0: yeah, yeah and and one of the greatest joys of these last few episodes of this podcast is that it's been largely folks like you very you know right out of college or a few years into their career, and every single one of those guests, including yourself, has just impressed me so much because you're driven, you know what you want to do, you've done, you're using the resources that are available. And I think bit by bit, the more that people like you put yourself out there and talk about your story, it'll help change people's minds and perceptions about what a millennial is it's weird for me because i'm kind of at that older point of being in the millennial generation and so i get a lot of um it's interesting now because what i get is either completely viewed as a millennial and subject to the same kind of stereotypes as every other millennial or or i get talked to about younger millennials in like "Mm, these younger people and i'm like hey that's my generation cool it mm-hmm. you know and 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 so first of all i i want to thank you for coming on the show because it's a great opportunity for people to just see like these are the folks that are out here right that are ready to take over the world people like you daniel um and so <laughs> I, I i appreciate you coming on and and uh, as we kind of wrap up here uh talk to us about what you are doing at circle ci man and and how people can get in touch with you
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Here at CircleCI, uh, I'm a sales development representative, as you guys probably already know. Um, The product that we sell is a little more technical, um, it's, we're selling tools to developers. Uh, developers build, test, and deploy their applications. And we're kind of automating that process. Nice. That could be probably the easiest way to put that. Um, CircleCI is aggressively hiring. We're kind of on hyper-growth mode right now. And if anybody wanted a job, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just Daniel Yu, CircleCI. And I'm always happy to have a conversation with anybody who's trying to look for a job.
0: I love it. I love that that, that is, You know, when I give people the opportunity to talk about themselves at the end of every podcast, I love it that you took that time to offer your help to other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, there's not much too much to talk about myself. I feel like (laughs) I got it all out throughout this episode, which is fun, James.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think you you are uh, just a really good example of why we should all be excited about The next generation of salespeople man because you've got it together you you are driven you know that you don't know everything you know you need to constantly learn uh and and those are the kinds of things that will help you go far my friend and so i have to ask you the same question that i ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcasts daniel what is your favorite
1: place to eat my friend uh, my favorite place to eat. I'm over here in San Francisco, right next to the Embarcadero Bay Bridge. Um, mm-hmm. I love going to Perry's. It's a walk away. They got good drinks, good happy hours, um, and they have really big menu too. So Perry's has to take it away.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming on episode 16 of the Lunch Break Podcast. And with that, I am going to wrap it up. Speak to you guys soon.